Hello and welcome to Wisconsin in Focus, powered by the Center Square. I'm J.D. Davidson, Regional Editor for the Center Square. Dan McCaleb has the day off. Joining me today is Ben Yount, Wisconsin Correspondent for the Center Square. Ben, how are things? I just finally finished buying the last of the presents. Uh, someone is getting a giant Sam's Club size box of Twinkies and Ding Dongs, but I can't say who because they may listen to the podcast and I don't want to spoil Christmas. Well, one, you're lucky you're done. I'm not. And two, I would love those presents. <laughs> Well, look, we, we we try, you know, to find sentimental gifts over the years and, and something that would mean and cherish. And what I realized is that, you know, most of people just want functional things like dishes sure. or snacks or, you know, I don't really need like a fancy coat. But, man, a winter coat would be nice during these cold months, Pops. So, yeah, everybody gets functional Christmas gifts from here on out. Well, we've worked into a blended family with eight children. So a total of 10, we are truly the Brady Bunch. And I never realized how challenging Christmas could be until you have eight children. Just get the wash tub, put all the stuff inside, cover the wash tub with wrapping paper, and then whoever puts their hand in, that's the gift they got. So congratulations. You're nine years old. Here's a, a brush to knock, knock the ice off your car. You'll need that in a couple of years. Hang on to it. We'll see you. Yeah, that's how you do that one. Brilliant idea. We are recording this on Thursday, December 21st, 2023. Ben, the COVID-19 pandemic gets farther and farther in the rearview mirror, but it seems some people and some companies continue to take advantage of employees working from home. For companies, it can mean lesser overhead, and for employees, it means more flexibility and the end of commute nightmares, especially in larger cities. A recent audit in Wisconsin showed 20% of state employees are allowed to work from home, and some lawmakers want to hold hearings about that number. What's the issue? Well, the issue is that when you don't go to the office, they don't know if you're working. And this audit, which came from the Legislative Audit Bureau, which is a, a solid, you know, as nonpartisan as you can get in Wisconsin. And it took a look and really questioned, OK, you've got an awful lot of people who are allowed to work from home or work remotely, where are they working and what are they doing? Are they actually showing up to work? And this this audit that, that we and a lot of people wrote about, it said that you're taking a look at, at two groups of employees, state employees and then University of Wisconsin employees, and it's just under 20 percent. It's like 19.6 percent of state employees can work from home and some work from home up to five days a week. When you go to UW employees, well, there's 30%, nearly a third of people who work for the University of Wisconsin do not have to come into the office every day. And now remember the University of Wisconsin is huge, 30 something thousand employees and you have administrative employees, you have classroom employees, you have you know janitors and lunch ladies. So when you talk about the scope of the people who work for the University of Wisconsin, obviously you can't clean the, the, the classrooms or the dorm rooms from your house. You got to actually show up at the facility to do that. But some of these administrative employees, this is one of the ones of, again, we're here now three years past the outbreak 
And a lot of these people haven't returned to work. And the, the, the Republicans who run the legislature say this is a good start. The audit has given us sort of a broad field of data. Now they want to start to ask the questions of, OK, who's not working? Because some of these boards are really, you know, I don't want to say useless, perfunctory. You know, the Wisconsin Higher Education AIDS Board, that is the one that the audit identified as having an empty office on the day that they went to visit. There's a difference between if you don't show up at the state patrol and you don't show up at the Higher Education AIDS Board office. But this is one of these things that when you scratch the surface and you start to see that there are an awful lot of people who aren't showing up every day, where are they? What are they doing? And look, the state is paying for these full-time employees. Are they putting in a full-time day? I mean, I've worked from home for years, and, you know, I mean, you know, it's 2.30, it's a Thursday, and it's close enough, and all right, we'll see you tomorrow morning. And that's not how it's supposed to work when you're talking about a government job and a government paycheck. Hey, on the flip side of that, though, does it provide an opportunity for government to save money, especially maybe not in the university system? But in state government, if they've identified all of these jobs that could be worked from home, I know in a lot of states, government is leasing out tons and tons of square footage of office space. Would it be, is part of this look, hey, we can eliminate some some expense in office space if we're getting the right kind of work and the right amount of work out of these people from home? That is probably a second tier question that, that first you got to answer who's doing what, where, you know, get, get the fuller picture. The audit gives a pretty good picture, but that is, that is one of the questions. And, and, and this audit is really, really in depth. And it took a look at just who was using their key card to sign into which office space. And from that, you're going to get a picture of, well, which office is being used. And, you know, we noted in, in the piece that there's, a handful of state agencies, including the Department of Public Instruction, where there's no more than 25 percent of workspaces occupied each and every day. So during a five day period, during one work week, if you go to the Employee Trust Fund Department, uh, DPI, like I said, uh, the WEDC, which is the state sort of economic development corporation, the higher ed board, of the, the higher education board of aids uh, again, and the Wisconsin Technical College System Board. Any given day, less than 25 percent of desks there are filled, which means 75 percent or so are open. Can you consolidate some of these buildings? Can you sell, particularly in Madison, where real estate is at a premium? Can the state go and trim its footprint? And most importantly for Republicans or conservatives, put that real estate back onto the tax rolls? Because remember, state government doesn't pay property taxes. And if these are simply empty buildings, well, in Madison, they're buying up parking garages to build student apartments. I'm sure that someone would love to get their hands on the Wisconsin Higher Education AIDS Board building and turn that into a Chipotle on the first floor and three floors of apartments over that. Uh, the the, the question is going to be, again, when you start to shrink, when you start to say, OK, we can get rid of some of these buildings. You also have to ask the question of can we get rid of some of these employees? And for that, you got to think back to the beginning of the coronavirus with the outbreak and that spike, that sudden dramatic spike in unemployment. 
and places like the Department of Workforce Development that just simply didn't have enough people to do the job then. Then the state sent workers home and things got worse. So while there are going to be a lot of calls to, hey, let's shrink the footprint, let's maybe shrink the headcount, let's take a look at saving money, how you do that is dependent. And one more thing that we didn't mention, because, again, this is a 50-something page audit, is that this is popular among employees. And this is one of the things that when you talk about what helps keep state workers at state jobs, employee retention, the ability to work from home, even if it's just two days a week, that's a big selling point because people did get used to not having to make the drive, not having to put on pants, being able to answer their emails from their kitchen table while drinking their coffee and making sure their kids get off to school. It's a very popular thing that's becoming the norm in the private sector. So, yeah, what happens after sort of the the, the definition of the four corners of this, this strategy that's certainly the idea of, of shrinking office space, getting out of the real estate business in state government. That's absolutely going to be one of the end games of these hearings and whatever the Republicans propose going forward. It's a very interesting story, both in Wisconsin and across the country. Now, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. Listeners can keep up with this story and more at thecentersquare.com. For Ben Yown, I'm J.D. Davidson. Thanks for listening and please subscribe. Knowledge is power, and you deserve to know what happens in your state government. That's why the nonprofit Franklin News Foundation is bringing you straight news journalism through the center square, reporting on state authorities and publishing stories that show where your money goes and who spends it. By supporting the center square, you can track politicians' use of taxpayer money and demand transparency from elected officials. This is how we can equip everyday Americans to hold their government accountable. Become a supporter of Franklin today at franklinnews.org donate.